Tina Brown's got your cover, sis. She can show you another way. Tune in weekly to your radio, and she'll have it feeling like. Welcome to Walking Through Glass, the podcast with your host, Dr. Dina C. Brown. And today we have an extraordinary conscious conversation with you and for you. And I am going to allow my amazing guest to introduce herself and give you a little bit about who she is, what she does, and what is happening. Really, just what's the 411. All right, take it away. Hi, this is Nefertari Kirkenan Bay. I am a government attorney and arts advocate and arts lover, as well as uh, a mom and a wife, and just happy to be here and happy to have a chat with you today. All right, yeah, she really kept it like short because we saving time for all the juicy, all the good, good stuff. <laughs> and before we went live, it was kind of getting in there. I had to, had to put the brakes on and then pause because I wanted you to be a part of the discussion because it's like real talk. We are real women and we need to have these real conscious conversations about what life is truly authentically like for mm. us as we walk through the glass because it's not getting those positions that we have and we can do those things. We, can, we have that sense of strength and fortitude, those of us that really have that tenacity to get that job, get that corner office, get that promotion. But once we're sitting there in that space, that inner bully, the self-talk that we do, what we're saying to ourselves in the quiet moments, um, how we're responding or more like reacting to the little um, snips and snipes that come at us throughout the day. That's what walking through the glass is about. And that's mm -hmm. really that space we kind of need to start doing that, that inner work so that we are clear, we are confident, we are consistent the way that we show up in spite of everything that's going on around us. And so um, today, and yes. I, oh my gosh, the title, the concept, the flow, the beginning and the energy, we're gonna talk about that fair doesn't always mean equal. And um, I love that intro conversation we had before we went live. And so just like a brief recap, you wanna take us back in there, because I, it was so good that I wanted to kind of just jump right in. I realized we hadn't even started the show yet. So can you kind of, let's rewind the tape a little bit and take us back, um, take all our listeners back to that point as you were sharing that, who you are, what you get to do, and how your professional life is impacted by how you are supported. And that th there's some truth in there. There's some understandings and some realizations. And there's some women out there that really need to kind of have, um, number one, the fortitude, the wherewithal to either make sure that they are connected to people like that, but also to learn how to ask for that type of help mm -hmm. and support. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah, you go on. Go mm -hmm. on, because it was good. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were really just kind of zoning in on something that I've been thinking about for a while. And it's just my ability to perform as a professional woman um, 
being very much so dependent on my support system, but even more specifically, you know, my husband and who you marry, right? And I think sometimes when we are looking for our mates um, and when we're looking for um, people that we want to spend the rest of our lives with, we don't necessarily like walk through the steps of, well, in five years when I want to get a promotion <laughs> or if I want to change a city or if I want to change careers altogether, will, is he the type of person to support those types of things and those types of dreams? Um, and obviously, you know, everything that you, every decision that you want to make um, when you're in a couple with someone and when you're in a relationship, um, it's definitely something that's a discussion and, and, and two people kind of always have to walk through uh, those discussions when it's going to affect both people. But, but I do know that there are instances and situations where you could literally be in a relationship with someone and you can literally be in, a, in a, a, some form of partnership with someone and they outright don't really support any of your professional dreams or your professional goals. And, and it's just something that's been on my heart a lot this past week because this has been one of those weeks that I think a lot of professional women can totally understand. You know, you've got you've got your routine in place and then you get to this one week and it's like everything seems to be out of line. I don't want to say crazy, but I, I just want to say it's not that routine that you've had set up so neatly for previous weeks. And so, you know, now the house is not in order or you forgot to take your clothes to the dry cleaners or you are about to fly away for a, you know, for an event for work, but you know, there's, there's a storm. And so everything needs to be changed in terms of when you fly out. And so this week it's been on my mind a lot because uh, just just the flexibility that my husband has had and his eagerness to support because that's a big Ooh, part of it right not that just part, not, that part. yeah yeah not just supporting <laughs> but there's something about folks that are like I've got you like no 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 I've really got you for a matter of fact you didn't even think about this and I already took care of it for you and that's huge and I think one of the things we talked about you know before we kind of started and, and we we started recording is the fact that I want to be very clear um, that my husband is not perfect. <laughs> and I, because I don't want to come across as one of those women because they do exist where they're just like, oh my gosh, you know, he's amazing and he's perfect all the time. Um, I, I, I can't, you know, that, that's not, that, that would not be me being my authentic self, right? Um, but that's I can say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I can say that. He's, he's great and he supports me. And with regards to this professional space, um, um, it, he, I am able to do so much and even dream so much further because I know that mm. his support is real. Um, there are dreams and things that I can think about doing that I've never thought about doing because I know I have someone who is willing to really take up the percentage um, of parenthood that he put into that baby DNA wise, right? So, <laughs> so right, like it's not on the back. They need you to go I half know. on the baby, right? I know, because we we've seen that before, where it's like you went half on the baby, but you're doing ten percent of the work, and that is not hmm. scientifically equivalent to how this baby came to be. And so, um, <laughs> it's just. 
it's just a real thing. And it's something I've been thinking about. And, you know, I mentioned before that it's something that I know a lot of books have kind of talked about, particularly, I know Sheryl Sandberg talked about it in Lean In. Um, and, and I know that it's, it's something that we as women don't often think about when we're in that space for um, looking for a mate. And I, I think that's a cultural thing. I think women have been taught yes. to in some ways diminish who they are like professionally, like, oh, yes. because you're going to intimidate this person. But it's like, no, you need to let him know all of your dreams up front because if you don't show that part yes. of yourself and then later on you come out and you're like, I really want to start a restaurant or what, this is the thing I've always wanted to do. You know, you can't yeah, be like, surprised that he's not willing to support because you were never upfront about your ambition and about your but, dreams but you know and what, about though? your professional aspirations. Yeah. There's two parts to that because as you grow and you unlock that's what's kind of burning inside of you because you have a sense of greater sense of awareness that you will change and shift. And sometimes that's things that are greater. That's one part. But yeah. I love what you said is that when you, I am, I would like to say a mature woman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 49 plus tax and gratuity, but I'd like to say a mature woman is that when, and I've been married before, I've been married twice and I've been divorced, you know, twice. And each time, each and every time I did not, well, the second time was a little bit different, but the first time I knew that we weren't in an alignment of where our dreams were. And I used to always say it and I joked about it. And so what you're talking about is about really sticking to that. Yes, you like the person, you love them as a friend. And I think about it later that, well, he should have probably just been my best friend, you know? Mm. And so instead of being my husband, because I, since a very little girl, always have drink, dreamt big. And mm -hmm. I love to share those big dreams. And people would say, give me the side or whatever else. And, you know, I'm sure it impacted me, you know, in my psychological DNA someplace at different times when I hit roadblocks. But as a whole, I've been very vocal about my passions, my dreams. And as I've grown into this new alignment and understanding and my maturity of what those dreams look like in my now, it's important to have the people that are lined up because my first husband, I used to always say, I want to have, you know, a villa in Tuscany. That's my retirement home and another one in Ireland. I want to kind of be able to, and he was like, I'm North Carolina on the Lake Creek with a fishing boat. And I was like, <laughs> okay, okay. How about Virginia, Chesapeake Bay with a little, yeah. Okay. No, I'm the watering hole. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it, that way mm -hmm. the whole time. And, and so as I continued to grow and to stretch and I didn't understand for him because I worked my butt off and paid for my way through school. And he mm. had parents who paid for all of their kids to go to college. Wow. And, and he chose and he started and decided he didn't want to, and he was the youngest. So he had parents that literally could afford to pay for their kids to go to college and, and he didn't want to. And I was like, what? Like, what? You know, and he yeah. did it in his career. And I was like, okay, so what do you want to do with your, you know, how do we want to up-level what you do? And he was happy being, lack of a better term, he was comfortable, in my opinion, just 
being okay. And to me, it just represented mediocrity because he mm. has so much potential. And so that I know had to deal with that, like you keep saying that relationship and it's not being perfect. Was he a nice person? Fine. But when I left and moved overseas and my whole brave new world opened up, we were still married and we had plans about how our life was going to um, be replicated. So and I used to say, uh, let's do like the white people do. Okay. I'm here in Virginia. You're here in Virginia. You know, I do have a job. You're working here. He was in the Navy. And I said, how about let's, again, I could go overseas. Number one, I'm going to make more money. You have a job. Can you can come to where I am? We can save money by, you know, I'm talking strategy here. And so that was our initial plan and our goal. And then the long the way in that year, I was like, okay, so have you talked to anybody about getting a transfer? You know, have you, yeah. are you coming to visit? But he was just kind of like, I'm not really feeling it. And things were kind of going to the left and to the right. But also in all honesty and full transparency, I outgrew him mm. even more so than what I was when we first started. Mm -hmm. I was already out of his league. Mm -hmm. And then, I transferred and went to a whole new division when mm. I went overseas and saw the reality of my dream in livid, vivid color with people that also that look like me. Yes. And so I was like, oh, I'm not the only person that thinks and wants to travel, wants to do this. And I met my tribe. So the other part is having a spouse and having a partner, but also having a tribe and who you surround yourself with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's really important. Yes, the yeah. point is broad and how we inter interpret it is definitely broad. It's not just about your spouse, but it's also about, I mean, you really need a tribe of people to support okay, you. Okay, I'm going to tell you now, here's the killer. Here's the killer, kicker, thriver, whatever, is that once we decided after that year, it was, we can just see the writing on the wall. We were going to part uh -huh. amicably. I end up coming back. Um, after spending like a week or two visiting in the summer, we were going to try to make it work and then not. Well, I ended up several months later finding out I was pregnant. Whoa. And so we still, and, and we had been married eight, nine years. It wasn't like we were newlyweds. And that was always the issue too, about, you know, me have, wanting to have kids later in life type of thing. And so, um, and never getting pregnant when we were just right in each other's face all the time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was, it was just crazy. Um, just a lot of just crazy different types of things. So then the kicker was when I keep saying that it's more, when you were talking about that support system, it reminded me of my tribe because now not only we decided not to stay together is that I'm now living in another country, lived in Korea at the time. My family's in California and right. I have this global family that literally helped me it took the village to raise my son who's now 17 getting ready to graduate that it was a village and I remember it was like this person was like okay I know you're gonna work late they picked him up on Tuesday night from the daycare this person was like oh I need my night too and so I'm gonna keep him overnight it's like I already put him in the bathtub and then I'll take him to school in the morning to daycare I mean it was this I was working then me now now I'm gonna tell you I started my PhD when my son was one years old and, um, and I, and I did so, but now when I really process it, I realized that if I didn't have that village who came and said, you need to work on your paper and your research, I'm picking him up on Friday. I will bring him back to you on Sunday, or yes. I will just take him to school on Monday for you. And it was like, I mean, it's powerful the things you can do, how your professional 
life truly, like you said earlier, is easier, not only based on even who you marry, but who you put on your team. And, and it doesn't always have to, yeah. and their willingness and their willingness. And when I say put on your team, I'm talking about your choice team that you're picking. These are not people sitting on the sidelines and you, they're hoping to get a draft and they got traded. I'm saying people who are like, yes, I'm signing up. I understand that I'm going not just half on this friendship, but I'm going all in. I'm giving you hundred percent of me and I'm gonna need hundred percent of you. And so I tell all of my friends that I have expectations to be in a relationship with me. I can know you, you could be an acquaintance, but I have expectations if we're gonna be in a relationship. Yeah, that's huge. That's <laughs> huge, and you know, you know, but you know, there's something else that I heard and, and it really, there's something that you said that really resonated with me. And it was when you were describing your, ex-husband, what I was hearing was kind of this lack of flexibility, right? Yep. Because sometimes, sometimes it's not about like, like, I don't, I don't need for you to say that you want to go with me to France and to Prague, right? Like, like, right. But, but, but I, but if you, if you're like, I never want to travel, I have no, I'd have no desire to ever travel. That's <laughs> different than the person who hasn't been there but they're willing to go. They're willing yeah. to see and check it out. And I feel like that's a different thing because, right, like what, when we're looking for our tribe or when we're looking to select our mates, we've got right. to make sure. We also have to be open to people who may not necessarily have the travel resume like we have, right? Or whether right. it be, or the professional resume, but they've got this willingness and yes. they've got this, this flexibility where they're like, they're open. You know what I mean? They're like, I haven't done it, but I'll do it. You know, because there's something about, and, and you and I both know this, but there's a whole element to just exposure alone that can transform yes. So when you've yes. got somebody that's willing to take that trip and that trip can be abroad, that trip can be a professional trip, right? Like trip can be, we can use trip to describe multiple different ways of moving and traveling. Trip is just all about the journey. Yes, it's the a, journey. The trip is the journey. It's yes, the journey. And when you've and got folks. On journey yes. with me. Yes, and, and, and if you've, mm -hmm. oh, that's so good. But it's, it, here's the part that I then had to self-check myself. Because okay. when I got married, the second time, I met my second husband when my son was little. And, you know, I wasn't trying to be married. <laughs> and I kept saying, I just kind of want to spend some time. I just kind of got out of marriage, blah, blah, blah. And so he appeared. <laughs> Oh, in wow. that space, in that, in that dream space, because I always said, I want to open a bed and breakfast. And I've loved that idea since forever in 15 days, I always wanted a bed and breakfast with a little cafe. I mean, I can visualize it on another show. I'll describe it to you. And now it's become even more closer to realization, but he had aspirations of certain things too. And what he used to say is, you know what, you inspire me, you motivate me, you help me really believe bigger. And yeah, let's do this together, right? Love it. And I said, okay, great. So again, he had been exposed to travel and, and he was Jamaican. And so um, being West Indian, he had some own, own issues kind of going on too that I found out later, but he was still this great person. Like he said, he wasn't perfect, but for a period of time, he was very good to me. 
and he was very mm. good for me. And as mm-hmm. we planned, then he had a transition. He said, hey, I got you. He, what I loved is that he used to say, I got you. And where you go, I go. And so he, he was in the military. He retired. And he said, I'm going to be like Aphis. I'm going to go where you go. And I thought, oh, my God, this is definitely my perfect, you know. Um, yes, <laughs> this yes. Is it, you know. And so, however, the reality of the situation <laughs> was different. <laughs> and so as he retired and his identity was tied up to his role position and power and all of that and i took on bigger roles and then i was now school principal and we moved to the new community because i was the sponsor now and everybody he was dr brown's husband and then there became this mental warfare attack Mm, on who i was Mm. to make me small so when you said then somebody wants to make you you start to shrink a little bit And so where he didn't initially start attacking my professional capacity, he start attacking my role as a mother and that I'm choosing a job over a child and how the sacrifices that I was making was just, I mean, he just went all in total mental warfare. Yeah, and all then of this took took the screw and turned it. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I was and I and here here's my flexibility going, hey, we bought a house in Georgia. I said, you know, we built the house so that the goal was that he retired. Sure, we want to have the house in place. Everything just settled. So you're not doing that when you're retiring. You're retiring. And then I'm gonna let go of this job, kind of, you know, come back and we can start our life in our house and da 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 da. Because I can really almost work anywhere. And I can, and I was in that role position and I had that sort of, um, resume collateral (laughs) to to get those things done, but I became the primary breadwinner. Mm -hmm. And I think for him, he wanted me, but he also wanted the money, the prestige, the position and everything that I could get and do. And I said, okay, if I let this go, which I'm willing to, to come back and be together as a nuclear family, um, what's going to, how are these bills going to get paid? What's yeah, going to happen? That's a hard one. You know what? And I'm going to go out. I'm going to say something that I'm just going to say it. I don't say think, it. I, I, I do not think that many men can, can deal with that. And I, I will say, I will say, I'm just going to keep it real on that. And I can even speak about my own husband in the sense of, um, he is eager to help and I have definitely shown like his and said and his willing to support but a lot of that also has to do with the fact that he also has his own things going on and Mm -hmm. I I do think that if he was home strictly um not having his own thing and not having his own profession and his own place to kind of have his own accolades that it could get to him um the level of my of my professional success so i try to support him as well right like i try oh, to i try hunting. to be that eager support to him because yes. i don't want him at home mad at me because yes. i'm doing things so it's like yeah, it, and what what is it that you want to do oh you want to go to dc i can work from anywhere we can do dc for a year we've all got friends in dc let's yeah. do it you know i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm down for reciprocating it 
because, and I'm just being honest with you because I've got brothers, I've got a dad, and I kind of grew up in that type of household. My father, amazing, consummate artist and musician, was one of the first, he's, he's older, was one of the first African-Americans to graduate from the Arts Institute of Chicago. My mother, a physician. So I, you've got a musician and a physician. You've got a Ooh, musician Jesus. that's going out at night and he's doing gigs and he's like, and he's in his own world. Everything is, is about the arts, which is where I get my love for the arts from. But you know, his schedule was, was not in any way, shape or form predictable. Um, mm -hmm. But he was also the one to make the school lunch for me and walk me to school. So I want to be yes. very clear about, about how he poured his love and his, and his passions into me. But I, at a very young age, could see that there was always this constant struggle between the two of them. Um, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that my dad, even with him being at, his, at, at the height of his success, his, his, his earning Mm -hmm. um, his earning potential could not match that of my mom's, right? Because he was very much so on the ground artist, on the ground, you know, musician. And so, yeah, he might have a good year or two, right? Where like his art was being shown, mm -hmm. a lot of things were being sold. He was getting a booking a lot of festivals, but then there may also be another four year stretch where he wasn't dealing with that many gigs, right? And so I saw it growing up and I think that, I, I, I don't think a lot of men can really deal with long-term seeing a woman have a level of success without them feeling like they also have a level of success too and their own thing going on that's consistent. Um, okay, it got and, even yeah. better. I'm, it got better, Hunty, because <laughs> he, he was a chef, not formally trained, but he was a chef. And I have those are the best um, chefs. Those are the yes. best chefs. I mean, <laughs> the ones and, that aren't formally trained. I'm just saying. And, but <laughs> and he worked in service. He had a degree in hospitality management. I mean, he so he worked in the field, but he didn't go to Cordon Bleu. So I even said, hey, as a, a graduate, uh, a retirement present, I'll pay for you to go to school. I mean, he had, he had jabby. He didn't have to. But I said, you want to go spend a week with studying with some chefs? Let me make that a gift to you. When he turned fifty, I bought him a Harley. Um, oh. and, and, um, you're, I helped. you're great. You were great. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, got the Harley, I got the Harley back in the settlement. Cause the smart oh. thing was I never took it out my name. Thank God I didn't. But anyway, so I, um, it was like, <clears throat> it was crazy because I said he had, he used to make these seasonings, which were phenomenal. I mean, blow you away. And I mm. said, Hey, is the marketing business person this is how i am concrete abstract i'm a high creative but i'm very structured and driven in that whole developmental space i'm a creator and i love create so i said hey this is a complete business and so helped him kind of get that started named the company formed a business literally um we were in Asia. I said, hey, we can even go, you can go to India, whatever, do your spices. So you're not, let's, let's cut the middleman on the pipeline kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He has books of recipes, original recipes that when he makes, and he's a, he's, even though he wasn't classically trained, he was very, he could tell you it's a half a tea. I mean, that's kind of how he cooked. Me, I'd be like, splash, splash. So yeah. he had books and books in a box full of original recipes. 
from soups to sauces to blends to rubs Mm. to this and that. And so when I first met him and that's where he said, you inspired, I said, hey, where's the cookbook? Let's put the book. Let's write the book. And he's like, oh, I need to take pictures of food. I said, okay, let me start taking a picture. You know, let me, again, I'm still now with a full-time job and a baby and my own dreams. Okay, let me help you put your, put your, put yourself together because I, I love me enough to be able to love you too and yeah, help you with yeah. your dream. And yeah. so when he retired, I said, okay, he's like, oh, I'll put it off. You know, when I retire, I said, okay, I would go to work. Mind you, the role of a school principal is not for the fear, um, for the, the weak or the timid. Okay. And so I'd be at work and day started early, ended late because you're on almost all the time, even if you're not physically there. And, um, I'm like, oh, hey, so did you type up the recipes? I'll go over and I'll edit them and we can put them in the book form. No, I need your help. <laughs> need my help what? Typing them up? You want me to type them up? Yo, pardon my language. Your ass been sent home all day. And you want me to come home after be gone, being gone for 14 hours <laughs> to now. Yeah. And then when I would ask for some constructive criticism, oh, look at my website. Okay, I look at your website. You got to make these tweaks. I don't know. You're judging me. Oh, no, I want you just asked me to help. It, it became no matter what I did, it was not mm-hmm. enough. And mm-hmm. so I began to detach and I began to realize, okay, wait a minute. Did I now also put myself in a situation again? And I kept saying, God, I don't want it to be me because if I'm the common denominator in situations that aren't moving forward, then I need to take a look at me. Okay. Because it might not be the person. It might be me. What am I? And so I did a lot of self-reflection and I went through a a very deep period of even depression, smiled on the outside and was just like broken on the inside because I was like, no matter what I do for this person, it's not good enough. And, and I like to ask for is the same kind of support. Now he would show up for me when I had to do stuff. And so again, it would be this, um, battered relationship syndrome he didn't physically hit me or anything like that but the mental and emotional abuse was just as bad and so i'll support you here that i'm not going to support you there or i'm expecting you to help me out here you tell me and then you don't show up you know it was like and i felt like it was a sabotage to bring me down a notch and so it just went on for like a couple years and i can see it was impacting me it was impacting my son who he mm. raised on you see what i'm saying and mm-hmm. so that was his dad. I mean, we've been together since my son was one years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> now my son's 12. He's 13. You know, we've been, we were together. And I said, you know, I don't know about this. So he said, I want to go back to the house in Georgia. And I said, I don't think that's a good idea to go back permanently. I said, because now we're setting up two different lives. I said, you can go back. You're retired. You can take Mac. You can go back as much as you need to, you know, but for you to just go back there to like live there full time. I said, I think that it's going to not be the best. So then he again lured me with the, you know, how the carrot. He says, I think Xavier needs some normalcy. He's been living overseas his whole life. We have a big house in Georgia. Why can't he go to school in Georgia? I want to take him back there so he has a normal life. And if you're going to come in two years, then really it's just a year without you, you know. So we then crafted this whole plan. I was back and forth every six to seven weeks to Georgia from Korea. I burnt up cash, leave, everything, because I needed to be there for my son's start of school. That's your baby. I enrolled him in football camp. I paid for the camp. I was financing this venture. However, the story that was being told and being shared and being publicly made was that I was gallivanting around 
internationally doing my own thing and I had left him to care for my son and babysit. I don't send the money. He's trying to do everything on his own. Mm-hmm. And so, so who was creating I, that narrative though? Like who he was. was creating? Oh, he, he was. Oh yeah, that's horrible. Oh, right. Oh, he was. Himself, and I, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, he, he created the narrative and I found out because at the time my best friend uh, who's now since passed was married to his best friend and my sister who was good friends with our neighbor next door who was also good friends with him. And so it was like, you know, I'd come home and you know, again, how, how favor just kind of keeps you aware. And so when those individuals said something about me to my siblings and to my best friend about, you need to get your girl because she's, do-. and they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. that's not her. Oh, yes, it is. He, that's not her. And I said, because anyone, you can lie about me about a lot of things that could be believable. But what you damn sure can't do is say that I don't take care of my child. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That would be something that, like, people would stop you in your tracks if it came to me, too. Listen, that's what my, stopped them. I know. I, you know, it's so interesting because somebody said the other day, they were like, um, you, you're like a tiger mom. I said, no, I, I am an African lioness mom. Let's be very clear about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it, was, it was that part where I just started to also spiral. And so then every time I would come and my son was there and you know, I'm, I'm, now, par- I'm, I'm now like panicked because my son is there. I'm trying to make sure he has normalcy in his life. And I'm 3000 miles away. And I come and make sure he's okay. But then when one of my visits, I noticed that my son didn't look okay. He said he's okay, but he didn't look okay. His face was all broken out. He wasn't as clean as he normally would be. And he used to make sure, well, I'm not ironing his clothes. I mean, my my ex-husband's so anal. He would iron your shorts, your socks. He'd be upset to do everything. And so he wasn't making sure that my son was his hygiene. My son has beautiful skin like mine if he washes it. But I can tell if he doesn't wash his face, it breaks out. He had these blacks. I mean, his face was dirty. He was not, and he just probably went to his room. So I know, and my son will never say anything. And I told him, I think you need to go to counseling. I don't know really what and everything that he mentally, but I don't want to give him the roses that he doesn't have because he's also very laid back. <laughs> um, right. But right. I knew he was just doing whatever. He was doing okay in school. He was getting himself off to school. He was, I mean, he was doing all these things, but, but I just knew something. So I said, you know what? I got to either come back or I have to bring him with me. And, um, and he started then playing emotional warfare with my son. Oh, I never want you to go. And your mom's going to take you away from me. All that kind of stuff. And um, one of the craziest things right before I could get back to get, get him is that he had a family member die in New York. And he said, I need to take Xavier with me and you better send me money to buy his ticket. And I need money to travel with. I said, okay. Cause again, I can't get there. I don't have anybody close to get there to get my kid, you know? And I said, okay. Only to find out what he did was he asked one of our neighbors to keep an eye on him. And he left my child in the house for a weekend at what? 11, 12 years old. A 4,200 square foot house left an 11 year old by himself with the neighbor to check. So I didn't even find that out 
until because my son never said anything until we were talking and I said, Hey, you know, I'm going, he, this is now like a few months ago. Hey, you know, I'm going to such and such. I miss you. I haven't seen you in a couple of days. And he's at home with, you know, my boyfriend, his kids. And I was like, um, but you're by yourself. He goes, mom, I've been home by myself. Remember when dad left me in Georgia, when he went to New York, I was like, what? <laughs> I said, I paid for a ticket for you to go to New York. He said, no, I stayed home. I said, well, oh, did you go stay in so-and-so's house and maybe go home and get your clothes? He said, no. They would check on me. He said, but I stayed home. I came home from school and, and I had paid for my son to go to basketball and be in basketball clubs, whatever, to only found out later that he wouldn't take him to practice. And the practice was down the street from where he had worked and he was the manager. He could make sure it was on schedule. So I'm like, Xavier, how come you're not playing in the games and you couldn't play in the championship? He said, because I don't go to practice. I said, what do you mean? Practice is once a week. I'm just, I mean, then I said, hey, let me set up a cap servant. You know, let me do, no, no, I want strangers to the kid. I was, I was so traumatized. Can you imagine <laughs> the trauma that all I could do was just like, get there, get my kid, get there, get my kid, get there, get my kid. So I did, I went and got him and I brought him back. Um, and the night before I left, and he threw away my passports, my government passport and my tourist passport. I'm telling you, it was, I keep, and I keep thinking that's now. That's not support, right? And it that's should, not definitely support. It, it definitely affected your professional life, I'm sure. Yes, and I'm thinking, this is my job. <laughs> yes. So when you said that earlier, and I didn't have any, I had no way fandom thought that we'd have this conversation that it would go in this direction because That's okay. I wasn't thinking that. But when you start saying that, how critical and how important and oh. how significant it is. Yes, yes, you yes. Matched up with someone that got you and all your dreams even as you grow that they have that innate flexibility and bandwidth to say, I understand that this might have been your dream to own, you know, a shoe store when I met you, but now, baby, we talking about a franchise chain and I got you. To have that kind of mindset, that growth mindset, to be able to do that. That's the part that I'm like, when you were speaking about the, the value that you, your relationship brings and that your husband, so it's not just about going half on a baby. I'm going to raise that because it's not even about what he's able to do for you for, as a father. It's what he's doing for you as his partner. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so amazing. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and, you know, I'll even be more transparent. So we went and, and oh, man, this was this is one of the best things we've ever done. So we did we did marriage coaching. A lot of people don't know the difference between marriage coaching and marriage counseling. Of course, like counseling, you're going to someone and you're talking to them and they're helping you work through various issues. Coaching is more so like you're matched with another couple right? And so we did mm -hmm. coaching and we were matched with a couple that objectively speaking, if you were looking at us from the outside, you would be like, you all have nothing in common with this couple. I mean, <laughs> they were, oh, they were like 40 years older than us. My husband and I are both super tall. They were both super short. They were from outside of a St. Clair, Michigan. They were Catholic. <laughs> they were white. What when I say that we learned so much from them, and one of the things that the wife told me um, that was always huge, she she basically said one of the greatest gifts that you can give to your child, right, is mm -hmm. 
a, a, a relationship with your partner that's mm -hmm. healthy. And so right. I say that to say, also kudos to the women like you that like when you recognize it's not healthy, you get out of it, right? Because all yeah. of that affects our children. And then the other thing too that I'll, I'll say is that, you know, and this goes to kind of the work that you're doing because you understand the power of like doing the work. So even the best relationships still require work, right? <laughs> like, yes. and, and, it, and it shouldn't be, and work, work is not, work is leading with compassion and fairness and love and thinking about your make work is not convincing someone um that to, to believe in your dreams right like they're they're two different no. things right and so right. people kind of get that work like they think that they'll be going through warfare and they're like this is this is the work no that's not the work that's warfare call that what that is um but it's, you know, there is, there is a sense of, 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 of work and, and waking up with forgiveness and not letting dirty dishes change your attitude, right? Like there's certain things mm -hmm. that you have to kind of commit to every day to kind of keep the house moving smoothly so that your professional life can move smoothly, right? Because we all know that, I mean, and you know this, that, that those worlds are, are just interconnected. You can't, they you, are can't interconnected. you can't, you can't have separate this them. Yeah, you can't. You're you're not living this pristine professional life, and then there's like you know you've got Baghdad at home. Like it's not it's not it's not like that, right? And so they they <laughs> it, you bring it, your whole self to work because absolutely. you bring your triggers, and that's what I tried to. I was working with a company, um, and I was doing a training and talking to um, their teams and their leaders and their managers. And I said, here's what I want you to understand about the people that you were charged to lead. You have to understand when you're communicating with them at work, you're communicating with them at work based upon what they dealt with outside of work, what they how they grew up. You're dealing with them on so many levels, which is why you have to be very clear and very people focus when you're having a conversation and when you're communicating. I said, it's not just about communicating. It's about connecting. I said, cause I'll tell you why. When you said that offhanded comment that you thought wasn't a big deal, that created a trigger. Oh my them. gosh. It's huge. I said, so, so let's talk about the trigger. And I said, and it could be a trigger that could have them spiraling down or up. And you wonder, okay, I don't know that everything went to the left. And now they ain't came to work for three days. Well, because maybe the way you said it was the way that their dad said it as he beat their mama. Okay. Or the way mm. that their mama said it when they, she kicked them out the house, you know? Mm. So you have to understand people are dealing with things and you can't say it's not your problem. It is your problem. If they work for you or with you, it is your problem. If you are, have a relationship with them, it is your problem. So that's why I said, I have expectations about anyone that's in the relationship with me. And I just posted, um, I did a daily dose of Dr. Vitamin D the other day. Mm -hmm. And I was so traumatized for about three minutes <laughs> when I was talking to my significant other. That's why when you said this, this is so relevant right now, Jesus, Mary Joseph, that it's, 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 it's bigger because I was sharing about some transformation happening in my life. Okay. One contracted, long-term contracted thing. And I'm entering a period of, for me, ambiguity, which I don't usually like, you know, right, um, right, right. Style is that, okay, 
So I'm going, I have a new normal that is a hundred percent aligned to my purpose. It's not like I'm doing something like what well, it's, it is so clear. So I'm having to just really have a really solid faith walk and leap and know that God will make it. it he's already set it up. He said, I just need you to move and do it. So I spend a lot of time being present because he said, just be still and be present. Mm. Don't try to fix it, plan it out, strategize it out, three months, six months, two year, map it out like you do. Because <laughs> then you be all in my mix. Mm-hmm. Just be, be still be still and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. 29, mm-hmm. Jeremiah 29, mm-hmm. 11. That's mm-hmm. everything. That's mm-hmm. tattooed across everything. I, I, or everything <laughs> I love. Mm-hmm. Is that, so I was sharing with them that I'm nervous, but I'm really excited. Mm. And because the um the individual or the team that I'm work with and the leadership structure of the people within that environment, it gets very toxic and draining. And because of the work that I do with people, coaching, developing, and whatever else, the people are just so fragmented that when I'm finished through the, the day, I'm drained because I've given them everything and then some of what I got. And so I said to now, have clarity to really work on the things I do. I'm, you know, publishing actually an anthology coming up. I'm doing 10 amazing women. I'm um, open that up, doing an anthology that I've been working on. And then I'm also publishing my other two books in the next six months and doing a book tour next year. And so I said, now it gives me this mental space to really build my company and my product and my brand in true authenticity and focus because right now my creativity is sometimes stifled because I'm tired at the end of the day. I'm cleansing Mm. up. So long story longer is that I was sitting there and I just said, Hey, I'm so excited. And the very first task I want to do is get my home office organized. I have lots of clothes for when we move that I need to get out of the way, get rid of, organize, do some stuff. I just want to get my house. I want to spend a week just putting everything in its right place in the house, which I haven't done. I I picked at it here and there and I've got projects everywhere. And to me, it's cluttered and it's madness. And I can't thrive in that space. Mm -hmm. And you know, I just needed him to be joyous with me in that moment. Joyous with me. I didn't need you to check me, have a reality check. And so his first was like, I'm confused. I don't understand why you couldn't have just been doing that along the way. What? Yeah. I said, okay. So then I said, I'm not understanding. I'm I'm not saying I couldn't and I didn't. Okay. But here's what I mean. I said, I'm just really happy to have mental space, not to be, you know, so I'm trying to rephrase it. Honey, I almost need a bail money. I might have to call and say, well, who do I know? Work for the attorney's office or something. Because he says to me, well, it's been three years. Are you really going to do all that? You hadn't done it before. Whoa. And you know, tone is everything. I was like, he said, come on. I could see if it's been the first year. You've been getting everything organized and just perfect. And I could see if it had just been the first year, but it's going on year three. And you haven't done all those things that you said you want to do to reorganize and get everything. So what's the difference, really? You being home and not having to, yeah, said that. Wow. And all I was asking for at that moment was to have joy with me right now in this moment. And I said, what you didn't know is that I've already beat myself up about, oh my gosh, I didn't go finish that. Oh, this is not 
the way that I want it to look. I already beat myself up. I didn't need you to try to bring me down or, or put a notch in my peg or deflate an ego that I don't have. I was speaking purely about being happy and having joy and excitement in my current state of ambiguity and chaos to finally being able to have some clarity to not only just dream big, but to execute big. And so when you said the top, when we started the conversation and I know we're going to have to have part two, it has to be like part two. I'm like, and three, three, and three, and three, and the four. <laughs> I think we just need. I think we just need our little weekly um check in. <laughs> is that I um, is that when you said our professional lives are easier based on who you marry? Yeah, and and you expanded you it. Mm-hmm. You expanded it. You made it all about yeah. your entire support system. Yeah, my entire support system that I've been doing a cleansing. Okay. I have been doing, um, you know, usually the fall, the leaves shed. And I tell people that people don't realize that the, the growing season, the spirit of renewal, okay, I said is in the fall. <laughs> I said when you have to shed all that dead, weight, leaves, people, ideas, mindsets, situations that don't grow you so that you can make room for the, the flow, the birth, the flourishing, and so when I look at my, my seasons and what season I'm currently in, it's not aligned to what the seasons are outside of us. I'm talking about my journey and my season. And I am in a shedding season. Yeah. yeah. And I've said it before that I'm not looking to be married again right now. And more importantly, I still also look at if I do get married again, I have a whole wealth of knowledge and understandings. I've had a paradigm shift, <laughs> new information <laughs> about that. But I realized that the fault when I was starting to mention it earlier, got sidetracked, is that I had to start looking at me. When I start looking at what's the central portion. So I realized I had to grow from the inside out. I had to do the work because am I attracting these types of people to me? What am I thinking? What am I doing? How am I showing up? What do I believe about myself subconsciously that hasn't been made conscious that draws these people to me like a pheromone? So, well, you know what, too? And I I just want to add this because I I know you want to probably close soon, too, is and that's just that your aura and your and your and your energy is so incredibly beautiful. I just want to say that. And I and I want you to, because sometimes we, when, when we've got like a few people in our space that are bad apples, we, we sometimes forget about all those great people that are, that our energy also attracts. So just keep, you know, it's yeah. a balanced thing because, yeah. um, because I, one thing that people forget about professional women is that we are, yeah, you and I both, we both have children, but we also understand the concept of birthing so many, um, forms of creativity and dreams and professional aspirations and with that you know we 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 comes a sense of sensitivity and i can be very sensitive about certain things particularly if i feel like somebody is not on board with the ship you know but mm-hmm. you know what you're i mean you couldn't have used a better analogy a better metaphor for just you know the seasons and and one thing that i was thinking about when you were talking about fall 
is that the things that fall, when the leaves fall, the leaves also serve as fertilizer, yes. right? So yes. all of that's being dropped away from you and all those things that you are recognizing and that we all have to recognize, right? Because you can't, right. you can't move through levels regardless who you are without some type of regular pruning. It may be every five years for some people. It may be every 10 mm-hmm. years. It may be, but, and some people it may be once a year. But what you are pruning as it drops it serves yeah. as fertilizer because it's experiences yeah. that that have taught you how to move forward in a way that will best serve you. And yeah. you and now you have that wisdom that no one can take away from you. You can tell me something, you can teach me something, but you can never learn in the way that you'll learn when you live through something. And so when those things that aren't serving you anymore, when they drop and they serve as fertilizer so that when you go forward, you can go forward being your best self. I mean, like that's ideal. We all have to do that as professional women. That's how we're getting through because we're like focusing. And in order to focus, you can't focus on everything else, right? You sometimes you gotta focus on one or two things, you know, but you're not focusing on the 20 things around you. So, um, you're, you know, forget all that other stuff. Like your energy is great. And this podcast Aww. is amazing. And I'm just so incredibly happy to see a beautiful black woman like yourself making strides and just a lot, creating platforms like this for us as sisters to speak about, you know, mm-hmm. the, ba- the balance that we have to go through, which is yeah. very much so different than the balancing act of other women. And we have to be yes. clear about that. So thank you. No, oh, that I mean, and I'm just sitting there going, okay, so when are we scheduling next, next conversation? And do we need to have a, like a weekly? I think that it really needs to be like a weekly segment. That, <laughs> or, you know, we might start a monthly segment, but I was like, oh my gosh, it's just, it's just so much. Because there is such a breath and, and your knowledge and your awareness and your scope. And what I love about you and especially when I started to look, um, look into and like, oh, let me just kind of Google and find, let me look LinkedIn. And I was just like, oh my gosh, she's, she's my tribe. She's my people. Because <laughs> I, love, I love the, what people call like say the logical analytical aspect of the law. I was going to be a corporate attorney in my former life. Um, I didn't, but I'm also high creative. I love the creation. I love yes. art and music. And and I said, oh, where do you usually find people who have the same? Like, yes. <laughs> because I can appreciate it, you know, and have a love for it. Now, don't ask me to create it. I could, you know, <laughs> to, the extent, <laughs> to a certain level. But I said, I do, but it doesn't take away. It doesn't put me in a box because people either want you to be a left brain or a right brain. I said, mm-hmm. actually, every test you give me, I sit directly in the middle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. directly in the middle there's bound there they said and you don't i said that's how i said because i i i'm not defined by other people other people's desire of who they want me to be and that was part of that and so now on this journey and i'm in the journey of really just being clear and asking myself dean every day I go dina what do you want and so i i the mantra that i use every day it's on my computer. I have it outside my bed. It says, I know who I am. I know what I want. I know who and how I'm called to serve. That's what I say. 
And when I'm in the midst of my day and life is happening around me, I then again repeat, it's not what I see is what I know. It's not what I see is what I know. And that kind of process, because I said, I know I can stand on God's promises to me. And um, it's really about faithing it forward with a true sense of believing and understanding and not having to have all the answers, which was very difficult for me mm-hmm. on this walk. Mm-hmm. So, and that's mm-hmm. what I'm working on too. And I, and I know that those people that I am supposed to be connected to, I said, God, just make sure that, you know, I come in a path. And so that's why I feel so privileged and honored to be connected to you and to meet you and to know you. And I don't believe in coincidences from the ship, mm-hmm. from the bar, from the loud woman to the conversation to, in it. And, I was so and I was like, okay, I'm going to call her. But I was so excited to see the length of that. Hey, I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Cause I was like, I was gonna call her anyway. And I don't know if she was being polite, but I was going to call her. Yeah, <laughs> and I really wanted her to come on the show and talk, and and because people say yeah, yeah, but then they get you know life happens, and I just say whenever it happens, it happens. That's the organicness of it all. But I was like, oh my gosh, okay, they're just as excited as me, yay! You know, yeah. So I really appreciate that, <laughs> and I truly, honestly appreciate you too. And I know, like, I've already like delayed, delayed, delayed. Like, I'm like, okay, y'all, I'm gonna be there in a minute. But this has truly been a phenomenal, phenomenal conscious conversation. And I just look forward to some additional conversations. Truly look forward to some additional conversations where we really dig in deep about not only fear doesn't mean equal, but walking through the glass. Thank you, all you listeners, for joining Walking Through Glass, the podcast with your host, Dr. Dina C. Brown.